Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for the Muffed Podcast. It's Friday. Thank God, little homie, it's Friday. Let me get it, get it on a Friday. Thank God, little homie, it's Friday. Yeah. Yo, 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 ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode number two of the Muffed Podcast. My name is Boaz. And uh, today, I don't know if you've noticed, but um, there's nobody interrupting me today. <laughs> there, um, my partner in crime, my co-host, Lemeter, he's not here today, so um, it's just going to be me. So um, I'm going to apologize. This is going to be a little bit of a shorter episode. I think last episode was about an hour, maybe a little bit less. But um, this episode will be, I don't know, about 20 minutes. I think that's what we're going to go with, 20, 30 minutes. And I just kind of wanted to go quick of what's going on. It's preseason week three kind of quiet. I don't know, not a whole lot of not a whole lot of things are going on in the NFL. So um I don't know, let's just uh, jump into what's uh, what's been happening in the preseason, especially like last week. So um uh the guys that are kind of I'm looking high on are uh, Daniel Jones and Tony Pollard after the last two weeks. And Daniel Jones for sure, that's that's one guy who man, everybody roasted him, especially Baker Mayfield, you heard the story that um he was kind of like even surprised by the pick. But I think uh, Daniel Jones came in and he's kind of got like the same Baker Mayfield type of vibe with him. He's got the chip on his shoulder and I think he's ready to ball out. And then um, Tony Pollard is the other guy. <clears throat> he's the second guy that I think I'd be really interested into uh, looking in maybe like in fantasy or something. But uh, if Ezekiel it's not there, I think Tony Pollard, like Jerry Jones is right. He can carry the rock. And the the Cowboys offense is very much revolved around the, uh, pass or, uh, the running game. So And the running game complements the passing. So I think they need... Uh, they need a running back, so if Ezekiel is not there, it's going to be the, uh, Tony Pollard. He's going to be their workhorse guy. And um, for fantasy purposes, that's amazing. You can pick him up if you drafted already. If you're drafting, you can still get him in the later rounds. And um, say Ezekiel comes back, he could still be uh, in the catching game. He could still be like some PPR points. But I think what you really, if you're going to be drafting, I think what you're really going for is um, hoping that Tony Pollard is going to be, um, he's going to be the workhorse back and getting all the yards. And um, so... That, that's cool and all, but let's transition into the guys who I think have kind of underperformed. I would say the number one guy is for sure Kyler Murray. Like, uh, number one overall pick, you kind of expect him to be good. And um, to be honest, he's uh, he's been anything but good. Like, he's shown athleticism. You can see that he scrambles in and out. But uh, it, it, honestly, it could be a Cliff Kingsbury offense. That could be what's at fault. But Kyler Murray just, I don't know, he hasn't been what was promised. He has He's not as good as advertised. He's not as good as we saw him in Oklahoma. And um, honestly, of course, that's that's one of those things that um, in due time it will like he'll it'll fix. I don't th- I don't think he's a bad quarterback. I don't think he's a bust. It's way too early. I hate those people in the media who are um, very quick to you know judge and label guys as bust. Kyler Murray is far from being a bust. He's a, I think he'll be a good player. Do I think he's Baker Mayfield? No, absolutely not. Baker Mayfield, you know, he's got the X factor. Kyler Murray's kind of a quieter guy. I don't know. I, I don't see that like in him. But I think um, there's enough veterans in that team. That he doesn't have to be at least in, like for the next season or two. That he doesn't have to be the leader. He can still kind of be like a secondary player. But he's got athleticism that's unmatched. The speed you can see this. His speed is crazy. It's just um, his arm. I think is not that good. And I think the height actually plays a big deal of it. You see him kind of getting scared and always like looking to scramble out and throw. And I think that's because he's just scared to be in the pocket. I think he's too short. Maybe I don't know. Maybe maybe he just needs to learn the awareness. Maybe a couple games in, he'll start figuring out, and uh, the game will slow down for him. And here's another guy. So. Here's the guy that I kind of been a really, a really disappointed about, and that's Dante Pettis, and that kind of hits home. You know, uh, I'm a 49ers fan, so uh, Dante Pettis last couple of weeks um, of the last season, 
he was looking good, man. He he was the real deal, but I don't know what's going on now. He last two weeks, so uh, Kyle Shanahan came out with a quote saying that um, he nobody everyone has to earn their job. Nobody nobody has a guaranteed job. And um, Dante Pettis has been put out. To, he was week one. People were surprised that he was gonna be that he was out, and he really didn't do much. And then last week he really didn't do much. And honestly, he's uh, you can see his like you can see his route running is good and all, but um, he just hasn't been getting open as much as other guys like Kendrick Bourne, Jalen Hurd. And Raheem Mostert, he's a running back, and he's showing up more in the passing game than uh, Dante Pettis is. And obviously, there's uh, that's a lot to say about Kyle Shanahan's scheme, but um, may, maybe Shanahan's just tr- like trying not to reveal something. He's got plays for um, Pettis. But um, if you're in fantasy and looking to draft a receiver, I would honestly stay away from the 49ers because uh, you really don't know. Don- uh, Dante Pettis, he, he's good. He's supposed to be – he's clearly the most talented guy on the team. Well, uh, of course, like as a receiver, George Kittle is more talented, I think, uh, as an overall player, or at least he's shown more as an overall player. But Dante Pettis has definitely done a lot. And um, I just think that um, in, in due time, I think he'll find, his, uh, he'll find his groove and he'll be back. But uh, it's a little concerning, at least, to say, to say the least, that um, he's not showing up in preseason. Like, he's playing against backups. He should be dominating. He should be like making it look easy right now. And um, I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to stress that too much right now. Say week three, week four, he's still going to be like this. That's when I'll come back on the podcast and be, you know what? I think there's something wrong with Dante Pettis. But yeah, I'll stay away. Debo Samuel, he looked good too. I like the end around. He, he's just as fast as advertised. He's a, yeah, the guy's not scared to get hit. I like that about him. But uh, he's also kind of like, you don't know how Kyle Shannon's going to use him. He's talking about rotating, stuff like that. So you don't know that. And then Jalen Hurd, I just wouldn't advise. He's, I don't know, I don't think he's going to be getting enough meaningful snaps to be actually fantasy relevant. And there's so many other guys that you can get in fantasy football that I think will provide you with a much better value and way more points. So um, let's, let's, uh, let's look at the 49ers preseason game. Let's just kind of go into depth in that one. So um, Jimmy G, yeah, he did not look good. So just like Dante, I think I'd say the same that it's um, it's only, it's, it was only week two of the preseason. So obviously it's, um, it's not good when your quarterback is 0 for six and throws a pick and honestly should have been on two picks. But uh, he's trying to figure things out. Yeah, he looked bad in the pocket, but I think um, he's trying to get used to back, get used to, into the game. And I think we'll see next week what's going to happen, and I think we'll see week four what's going to happen. And um, just like Dante Pettis, if he's still playing like this, if, man, if Jimmy Garoppolo comes out there and he's awful, I could see maybe something happen. I don't know. Nick Mullins has looked good. C.J. Beathard actually has looked pretty good too. So um, I think the competition, the quarterback competition, is a lot closer than people might think. That I think, um, especially with the reports that uh, – um, earlier in the season, remember when uh, Kirk, people were saying that Kirk Cousins, that uh, Kyle Shanahan, the, the way that they um, made Jimmy G's contract, so they can cut him at one point or even trade for Kirk Cousins, and, and they wouldn't lose too much money or they wouldn't be too upset about it. And I don't know, I don't know how much truth there is in that, but I think a lot of the times when there's smoke or, or when there's fire, there's smoke. So um, you, you'll, I think, even though uh, Jimmy G will probably still be the starter. Maybe they're kind of looking at alternatives. Maybe Nick Mullins, maybe C.J. Beathard. Maybe they're even looking outside of the team, maybe Kirk Cousins. But uh, it's all speculation up until now. And I think, um, I don't know, I, I like Jimmy two years ago, the, the five-game win streak. I, he was good then, I think, and he's, he was good in New England. I think if he just, you know, pieces it together, stays healthy, I think he can have a solid season. And uh, definitely I've heard people say that, like, a sleeper MVP pick. I don't know, man, that's, that's, that's saying a lot, but um, it's, the, the potential is there. There's all sorts of potential with Jimmy Garoppolo. Next one, I think uh, Solomon Thomas. Dude, recently I saw an Instagram pic. The guy looked, man, he, he looked jacked, like on steroids. 
man, and it's looking good. I, I don't know. He's a story that, like, I really want him to succeed. Like, everything that's happened with his sister, and, you know, he was labeled a bust very quickly, especially, like, third overall pick. People just expected him to perform. And he's kind of been, um, I don't know, he's been below average, to say the least. But I think this year, and especially, like, um, in the preseason, he's been doing very good. You saw there was one play where he completely just threw the offensive guard on the ground, and that's that's impressive. That's the solid. I, I've never seen that solid before. So maybe um, I don't know um, D coordinator uh, Robert Sala, and um, I don't know maybe, maybe the guys figured out how to use him more efficiently and uh, play him inside because that's his more natural position. And uh, maybe he's gonna he's gonna show some results. I definitely I'm definitely pulling for him. He's he's a story that I really want to happen. Okay, so um, another guy that was uh, the big uh, Mitch Wisniewski. <laughs> He, he laid out the boom on the, on the kick returner. And um, I don't know. I was one of those guys who was spectacle, a fourth rounder on a, a punter. And um, Mitch is very good. I've seen his punts. Dude. They're, they're good. He's probably a, a top – he's a top punter in the league, and that's just uh, two games he's already played. But um, is a fourth rounder ever worth, uh, worth it on a punter? I don't know. I don't know. Time will tell. But um, I definitely see the defense getting more favorable, you know, matchups and stuff like that, position, field position. So I don't know, maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe it's a good thing. Maybe Mitch Wisnowski was definitely worth a fourth. Let's see, um, Kendrick Bourne. Kendrick Bourne was one guy who I was very intrigued by. So coming in, he was one of the guys who was labeled as cut, uh, like a potential cut. And um, Lemeter last week was saying that um, he, he thinks Kendrick Bourne could be cut. And um, I think after this game, he's definitely proved that he deserves a spot on the team. The guy's a, the guy's a beast. He can play in a slot. He plays outside. He's a beast. He, he's got it. He dropped one ball, but other than that, he's got pretty good hands. He, I, I don't think uh, his hands are something to be concerned about. And uh, the toe tap, uh, uh, the toe tap, uh, the, uh, I don't know, some people were calling toe drag, but it's, it, it was a tap, but it was, it was still nice. It was beautiful. That, that's the type of play that's, a, that's an elite wide receiver type play. That's not just a, you know, a regular uh, guy being on the fringe of getting cut type catch. That's a you know, guy trying to show out, try to keep his job. And uh, you know, I, I'm very happy. I really like Kendrick Bourne. He's an undrafted guy. He's got a little chip on his shoulder. And I like that whole group of, you know, the undrafted guys. You have um, Matt Breida. You have, um, uh, you have um, Adrian Colbert. Well, he wasn't, I guess, he wasn't undrafted. He was a seventh rounder. But he's, I think he still fits in that list where he's got that chip on his shoulder where he feels like he was, he was picked a little late. And I think Tim Harris could be a guy who could be like that too. I really like his game. I think he should have been drafted earlier, but he's a kind of on the, he's an older end and he's also had injuries in college. So, um, yeah, but th- those are guys that are kind of like a, uh, low risk, high reward type guys, and um, it's shown in history that uh, John John Lynch has been good with those type of guys, and they've provided like positive impact on the team. So let's talk about uh, one big news, like one big piece of news that's happened uh, last week was uh, Josh Gordon. Josh Gordon finally came back to the Patriots. He got uh, reinstated by the NFL. Roger Goodell let him back in, and um, to be honest, I'm a little pissed. I had a uh, Nikhil Harry in a couple of my fantasy leagues. And I don't, know, I don't know if he's going to be as good as I thought he would be. I didn't think Josh Gordon would be back, honestly. Maybe I thought he'd be back like halfway through the season. But him being back this early still means he could, um, he can figure out the playbook. He can kind of figure out his way in this offense. And he can, he can be a contributor. So I would say his fantasy outlook is definitely positive And that people should, I don't know. I would say, I, I would say stay away from drafting him. But if he's in the waiver, definitely pick him up. That's, I think that's a pickup. And he's really... Um, there's not, especially this early in the in fantasy football, there's really not a whole lot of risk associated with picking him up. It's not like you're going to be missing on, on that many guys because, like, you, you haven't really seen anybody. And he's, he's a guy I think that he'll, he'll guarantee that he'll put up some points. Him and uh, Tom Brady have good, uh, good chemistry. They worked out, I think, over the summer. So, um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. But it's 
definitely um, worse for um, the rookies. Uh, Nikhil Harry is going to be a lot worse for him. And then, uh, well, Braxton Berrios, he, he's been a rookie, but he was uh, injured last year. So a lot of those guys that are like the younger guys that you thought maybe could be showing out, I don't think they'll be having as big of an impact, especially Edelman's still there. Edelman's elite. And then you got Josh Gordon, and Josh Gordon could be elite. So I don't know. Time will tell. Bill Belichick is a mysterious guy. You know, you, you, you can't really predict what he's going to do in fantasy football. Okay, so uh, on to our last kind of piece of uh, news is uh, Hard Knocks. So that was uh, on Tuesday. And uh, it was an interesting episode. There was a, it was pretty much revolved around Antonio Brown's, you know, the helmet saga, which is, you know, kind of one of those things you don't, um, you don't hear about that much. Like last year, there was no, nobody complaining about helmets. And this is really the first kind of like equipment drama. Like, I don't know, it's kind of ridiculous. Since Deflate Gate, this is probably the biggest like equipment drama. And um, Antonio Brown, it's like on and off. He finds a helmet and the league bans it again. And he's trying to, he's trying to fight again. And he leaves... He leaves training training camp, then he comes back, and then he leaves it again. And he's yeah, I don't know. He's in and out of the team. A lot of people. There was a lot of rumors um, a, couple, a few months back that Antonio Brown would be traded to the Niners, and I was one that was actually kind of excited about it because I think Antonio Brown, if he's you know he's got a head straight, he's he's the best receiver in the league. There's the, the statistics back it up. But um, I don't know. I, I I definitely agree with John Lynch's decision. I think he did a good job with um not taking him because there is a lot of risk associated with him, and that's what Mike Mayock and uh, John Gruden are like, facing right now. They are facing the risk associated, you know, with uh, his diva attitude. Yeah, but um, th- so the episode was mainly focused on, uh, focused on that. But um, there's there's other parts. I think Derek Carr was an interesting part. But uh, he he kind of um, to be honest, Derek Carr has kind of disappointed me as like the quarterback of uh, Hard Knocks. Last year, Baker Mayfield, man, he was probably the coolest guy to watch. He's got, you know, he's got the confidence. He's got, like, the charisma. And then comes out Derek Carr, and he's kind of, you know, it's kind of boring, to be honest. He's, uh, kind of just seems like Gruden's puppet. He repeats what Gruden wants. And um, he just doesn't seem like he has a personality. And that, that's what kind of makes him not interesting for me. But one guy that I think really changed is uh, Jonathan Abram. He was kind of one of those guys that, um, at least the first episode, I was like, what the fuck, dude, this guy's annoying. Second episode, I thought, this guy's annoying. But in third episode, he kind of changed. And there's something, you know, I, I started kind of liking him. And ma- he's kind of grown on me, I'm going to say. He, Jonathan Abram has grown on me. He is, um, he's a little bit, of, he's, he's too much of a goofster sometimes. But I think he's, he's a damn good football player. And I think he's entertaining. So um, he definitely works for the show. And um, I think he's slowly growing on me. He's one of my favorite players in the defense now. I think him uh, and Carl Joseph are going to have a monster year, and Lamarcus Joyner is there too. They're, they have a, the Raiders have a good safety core. So let's see. Um, I think the Raiders actually one thing I see about them, and that I see with the new Niners, is kind of like they have this fun dynamic. You know, before you you kind of didn't see that with the Raiders, especially like in their like body chemistry and stuff. The Jack Del Rio Raiders, they just didn't seem like they were having that much fun. And it's kind of like what you saw with the Jim Tom Sula, the Chip Kelly for Niners. They just weren't having fun. And I think both franchises, the both Bay Area franchises, have really turned around. And you can see just the, the new attitude. There's a fun dynamic with the team. And I think it's fun to watch. You know, it's fun to watch from, uh, like, if the, the players are having fun. But it's also fun, like, for the people who are viewing it, the fans. It's kind of, you know, it, it, you, you feed off of it, that the team, is, the team is having fun, you're having fun. So uh, the last thing I kind of wanted to look at were uh, the guys who, um, guys who, um, on, on Hard Knocks, who... Uh, could be like feel-good stories or could be risers. Even like in fantasy football, maybe you can look at them later in the year. And I think uh, Darren Waller and Ke- uh, Keelan Doss, those are the two guys who I would really look at. And both of them have been big stories on uh, Hard Knocks. They've been both kind of featured. Like they've, they've had their own like 10-minute segment on, on the show. 
and they've both been really good in preseason. They've both shown that they have the ability to, you know, be like a high-level starter. And I think uh, the Raiders' offense, especially for Keelan Doss, is, it could be really good for him. He can be like a slot receiver. And it, it, it could be kind of him and like Hunter Renfro. And, you know, um, there's a lot of talented guys in that receiver room. And I think Keelan Doss could be someone good. Maybe there's an injury that happens. I don't know Tyrell Williams getting injured or something like that. Keelan Doss could be a guy that you might want to look up on, like, on the waiver wire to pick up. And then other guy is uh, Darren Waller. He's uh, He had that whole thing with um, his drug addiction. And he's back now, which is uh, – that's a, very good for him. You know, that's a, that's a difficult thing to come back from. And um, he just seems motivated and he seems talented. He's got the ability, you know, he's got the ability. And he's, he's on a team that I think, uh, like just like I said with Keelan Doss, I think it fits him. He could be getting, you know, if people are locking up Antonio Brown in the run game with Josh Jacobs is kind of getting locked up. Darren Waller, the big guy, he's kind of like their big threat. You got Tyrell Williams, who's tall, but the guy, the real like red zone, you know, throw it up type guy, that's uh, Darren Waller. So th- those are two guys that I think fantasy football that I look at, and I think Darren Waller would probably be the f- the sooner guy you look at. You, maybe even now, like if you're in a really deep league, I would think maybe a Darren Waller. But uh, Keelan Dawes could be someone later in the year that you pick up, you know, to help you out with the team. So um, let's just finish off this podcast and let's look at the matchups for um, next week for week three of the preseason. So I, I got a couple flagged uh, or a couple stars that I think are interesting. So I think Cardinals Vikings will be interesting. So uh, like I mentioned before, Kyler Murray, you know, he he just hasn't looked good. And the Vikings, everybody knows that's an elite pass rusher right there. That could be that's uh, potentially the best, you know, the best like group of pass rushers in the league. You know, like the the Rams have a good group. The 49ers could be up there too, but I think uh, the Vikings have a you know they have an established group of veterans who know they know what they're doing. And, uh, you know, just going to be interesting to see how uh, Kyler Murray is going to face, you know, the diversity. He come, he's coming off this week that he played really bad and he's like he's going to have all this pressure in his face. And he kind of, you know, you got to see what he's made of. Is he really the number one pick, that Heisman winning type guy? Or is he going to crumble and, you know, I don't know, maybe play into the into the bust, you know, narrative. So, that yeah, so that's one of those things that I'd be interested in to see. And then uh, Texans-Cowboys, obviously that's interesting, you know, the, the, the Texas rivalry, the the Cowboys-Texans. It's going to be an interesting game to see. There's not a whole lot of players that I really highlight, but I say um, you see the Ezekiel Elliott drama, and then you also see the Texans need a running back. Maybe I don't know. That'd be an interesting trade, at least like you know thinking about it in your head, like fantasy wise trade. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott on the Texans could be interesting. You know, Deshaun Watson with Ezekiel Elliott, and especially the the whole drama about that that he's like you know moving from the rival team from the Cowboys to the Texans. That that'd be interesting. But um. The, I think the most interesting game, especially for me, is the 49ers and Chiefs because that's a uh, that's throwback, especially to KC. It's going to be uh, where Jimmy Garoppolo tore his ACL a, a little bit, um, a little bit under a year now, and I think Jimmy has to come out. So uh, last week he played awful. I think just like Kyler Murray, he's got to come out. He's got to kind of brush off the haters, and you know, he's got to prove to them that yeah, I tore my ACL here, but you know that doesn't that's not lingering or anything like that. He's got to prove the haters wrong, and he's got to show the people that you know there's a reason why the 49ers paid him so much money. And um, I, I think if he can do that, I think the narrative will definitely change. Like next week, I, I could be talking about how Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be future MVP and how uh, Kyler Murray is going to be uh, rookie of the year. And um, I don't know. It's, it's going to be interesting. I'm, I'm excited for NFL football. There's uh, two more weeks left of preseason. And then we got uh, week one starting. And I'm excited for that. Yeah. Fantasy football drafts are happening. If you're, you haven't had it yet, it's going to like come on in next week or so. You're going to have your fantasy draft. So um those are exciting times. Yeah, so um, I apologize once again for the short episode. We're going to resume with uh, hour-long episodes next week. And we're going to try to do uh, more Friday episodes. I know we promised that before. We're going to try to do more Friday basketball episodes. 
And I think those will be formatted more like this, kind of a shorter episode. So, um, yeah, thank you for listening. Uh, have a good day. And, uh, you know, 